Welcome to another episode of MEPCAST, and today we have with us Mrs. Maria Sotiriu, Maria Calimera, Calispera. Hello, but we're, we're going to speak in English with Ms. Sotiriu, who is the manager of EU Affairs and Policy Engagement for the GSM Association in Europe. Now, for those of you who don't follow this, uh, GSMA Europe represents um, the lead mobile network operators in Europe, Russia, and the Commonwealth of Independent States. About uh, 750 operators and 400 companies in the broader mobile ecosystem. I read from your website there. Maria, welcome, and thank you very much for being with us on MEPCAST. Where, where are you? In, in, you're in lockdown at home, I can see from the... You're in Brussels, yes, correct? I'm in Brussels. Exactly, I'm yes. in Brussels. I'm working from home, but as you know, there is a lot of uh, stuff going on for the mobile industry right now, so we are as hard at work as ever, I would say. Well, that's great. Well, I'm here, I'm saying hello to you today from sunny Athens, where we're in lockdown. Um, as you might know, since you, I, I assume you follow what goes on in Greece, so uh, fortunately, Greece, because of the foresight of our government and the cooperation of the Greek people, is in a relatively a good place at the moment in terms of flattening the curve. We're about to start going into our exit strategy. And the mobile operators here, actually, your members, have done a very, um, have been very proactive in assisting uh, in the midst of this crisis. They've uh, specifically um, Three of the leading ones have taken the initiative to supply zero rating access to all educational platforms and content provided online by the Ministry of Education. So we're we're very we're actually in Greece. We're making uh, leaps and bounds in the um, digital uh, uh, digital services being provided by the state. Digital education, as you know, because kids aren't going to school. So we're very grateful for that. So could you give us an idea what sort of initiatives your industry members have been have taken during the COVID-19 pandemic? Yes, for sure. And uh, before we start, I would like to say, Anna Michelle, thank you very much for this invitation. Very much appreciated. And I would like also to congratulate you for your work uh, in your new role as an elected member of the European Parliament for Europe and for Greece. So uh, coming to your question, um, Indeed, uh, thank you for raising this. Uh, I'm really impressed by this initiative in, in Greece. I found it uh, excellent. And actually, uh, I strongly believe in partnerships. So I think that this is a prime example of how uh, private sector telecom operators can really work well uh, with the public sector. And here we see in Greece how well the Greek Ministry of Education works also with the Ministry for Digital Governance. Mm -hmm. Um, so, coming to this particular uh, initiative about education, uh, it's a great initiative set up to respond to the disruption caused by COVID-19 to the education sector, and at the same time, uh, it's an initiative to support Greece in scaling up distance learning practice. So it's an opportunity now, you know, with uh, COVID, uh, also for um, academia, and uh, schools to have an opportunity to embed new ways of teaching and learning. Uh, so I think that this is a really good uh, step. And um, uh, we, we know very well that you know, school measures uh, was one of the most effective uh, measures to contain the epidemic in Greece and elsewhere, but we need to make sure uh, that uh, the impact on the disruption on formal education is really minimal. 
So for other initiatives that you asked, at the GSMA, uh, we very recently Mm -hmm. uh, so that, that uh, we really help uh, uh, children and uh, students. Uh, actually, worldwide is more than one and a half billion students and kids mm -hmm. uh, with no formal education right now. And we have uh, school closures in uh, more than 150 countries worldwide. So you understand that the big impact for these uh, kids and students, for this society, to really uh, be connected. Um, so uh, I think that uh, this type of initiative is really good in order to maintain the continuity of learning for everybody and also for those who are disadvantaged. And Great. for some other initiatives, a lot of work uh, and they provide a range of solutions uh, for all those, for instance, who face a financial hardship. Uh, so they, this includes, for instance, um, flexible payment options, uh, lifting or extending of data caps in order to enable increased usage, free public Wi-Fi, so on right. and so forth. Uh, they also uh, support elder people, senior citizens, um, by offering support lines uh, to them so that they don't feel uh, alienated. Excluded, yeah. Um, and also uh, supporting all those of us who work from, from home. Uh, we are providing productivity tools, uh, for example, free conference calling software and training plans. Uh, and also we provide additional content uh, for kids that, uh, for instance, are more at home uh, these days. Um, well, that's great. We all have to do, we all have to do our part and we're all upskilling in our, in our lockdown situation. So, so additional services and the, the opportunity to do so with minimum financial cost, I think is very critical for people right now. So, so that's great. But today I, I invited you and I thank you again for accepting this invitation so we can discuss something that's, that's, um, uh, that's going around, let's say this way. And this is this, uh, this uh, jargon, this fake news that, that uh, we're all gonna get COVID-19 from 5G. Um, now, this, this is something that, um, if I understand correctly, started uh, from some Facebook, Facebook posts that said that um, Wuhan in China, where the virus started, is where 5G started, and therefore they're linked. I think it's a conspiracy theory that builds on um, the, the, the notion that 5B, 5G suppresses people's immune system, makes them more susceptible to the virus. Now, I'm, I'm just uh, clarifying, I, I don't wanna have a discussion about the greater effects of 5G on human health because that's a huge topic. And, um, but I wanna focus specifically on the allegations that there is some sort of link between 5G and COVID-19. And this actually, if I, I was reading actually this morning, that um, it's actually led to a, a number of vandalisms in, in many countries, uh, many in the, in the United Kingdom, about 50 I read here in the Netherlands, 16, uh, even in, in Ireland, Cyprus, Italy, Sweden, even in Belgium where you are. And um, the World Health Organization at least has issued a formal statement saying that, you know, there's nothing, 5G doesn't cause coronavirus. So, 
we have sort of a, we have a clear statement. We don't have a, we don't have an issue with respect to whether it's true or not. So what I'd like, I'd like your insights on, on what's happening with this. And also let's see what we can do um, all together to make sure that people aren't afraid of 5G because 5G is going to be a big part of the future. So. Definitely, well said, Anna Michelle. And um, well, this is what you described is exactly what the WHO has called the infodemic of fake news. Um, so there is a really long list of false claims related to coronavirus that somebody can easily find on the WHO website. Uh, there is a MythBusters list. And um, we have seen supporting uh, statements also by the European Commission, and let me also say by many national health authorities across Europe and beyond. Um, so uh, these are all conspiracy theories, and we know that uh, we live in a very challenging uh, period now. And fake news are really thriving in this uh, sort of environment, when people feel insecure about the future, and they have questions. And uh, what is happening here, what we see, is that um, unfortunately, and like never before, fake news inspire real and rapidly spreading fears, and even distraction, as you described, to critical communications infrastructure, mm -hmm. despite scientific evidence uh, and public statements, as I said, by WHO and the European Commission, for example. Uh, so um, coming to the facts, in a very short period of time, in like uh, 10, 15 days, we have seen more than 80 arson attacks on critical infrastructure in at least seven European countries. Mm. It started uh, in the UK, and uh, then it spread to EU member states like the Netherlands, Ireland, Belgium, Italy, Sweden, and also Cyprus. The, and, uh, on top of that, uh, we have seen telecoms engineers, maintenance workers, uh, being harassed on the job. Mm. So I saw your question the other day uh, to the commission uh, uh, about uh, the capacity uh, the, of the networks. Right. And you know very well that since now we are all staying at home and we all access digital services more than ever before, right. there is an unprecedented surge in traffic demand. And uh, actually, this requires ongoing essential maintenance work to phone us. Sure. Uh, because we really need to ensure that the networks are resilient and secure. So, um, telecoms engineers have been abused, and this, so, uh, this work has, prevented, uh, has been prevented at times, which means that uh, the connectivity uh, has been completely jeopardized, and this is the case actually in the UK, uh, one of the phone masks that have been distracted was actually the one serving a hospital in Birmingham. This uh, is what I wanted you to focus on, Maria, because people need to understand, first of all, that this is, this is not true, but second of all, that the consequences of, of debilitating critical infrastructure could be detrimental to, at this particular time, more than ever, to people who need it as in hospitals, in public services. I mean, this is not just about uh, being able to watch television, you know, being able to pick your movies. This is, this is about, it could be about people's lives, correct? Yes, that's very, very correct. And thank you for, for raising this because um, the telecoms industry has never been more, 
important to the world citizens uh, as it is today. Uh, and that what actually you described, and I would like also to highlight, is that telecoms industry is the backbone. We are the ones that right now will make sure that everybody is connected and uh, that uh, we can uh, continue to do our business. And this, uh, as you very well said, has to do by being able to watch television, by being able to discuss me and you today, with you being in Greece and me being in Brussels, uh, and also you and your colleagues from the European Parliament to continue being productive and connected while being physically apart. And more than that, as we said, we help people at the very front line, people who fight COVID-19, like healthcare uh, workers, doctors, hospitals, and even further, you know, you have the whole supply chain, you have groceries and so on and so forth. So we make sure that everything is functioning uh, during this very difficult situation. So you understand that this sort of behavior and distraction to critical infrastructure uh, is completely, you know, uh, disrespectful. Uh, and even more than that, uh, it's a dangerous lie putting people's lives at risk. All right. I will. Yeah. Okay. I, I just I want a very clear statement on that. So the link is a dangerous lie, you say, which puts people's lives at risk. And this this is the paramount thing that people need to understand. It's not exactly. just another conspiracy theory. It's one that can have negative consequences in the war that we're waging against our common enemy, which is the COVID nineteen virus. So exactly. So that's great. That's great. Thank you very much, Maria. I, I appreciate it. I'm sure we'll have lots of things to talk about going forward. Um, what, uh, just to, in closing, since we, we, we have the honor to have you with us, in your longstanding experience as, as the representative of, of this industry and the link between policymakers, what, what do you think we're going forward now and you know, trying to, to, to define protocols for us to all live together and what, what's being called the new normal. So, and, and clearly your members are going to play a large role in supporting our way of life in the future, larger now perhaps than, than a few months ago. Um, so what would you tell a policymaker, a legislator like myself is the key factor that we need to um, take into account as we go forward to support this new way of normal in relation to the work done by your members? Um, thank you for this question. Well, actually, um, the COVID crisis has created, you know, this interconnected health, economic, and social crisis. And undoubtedly, um, we are facing, we will be facing uh, a great recession, perhaps the deepest recession since the Great Depression. Uh, so, to get out of this recession, we will need concerted and Herculean efforts. And our members here have a big role to, to play. We need to involve the entire mobile ecosystem, which will be uh, turbocharged with the rollout of, of 5G. Um, uh, you know, the communications technology will form the backbone for European innovation and economic resilience. Um, and just to give you uh, an idea, according to European Commission estimates, before the COVID-19 crisis, the digital economy was expected to boost uh, GDP by over 14% by 2030. Mm -hmm. That means actually, that would meant 20, uh, sorry, 2 trillion euros of GDP by 2030. 
which is roughly equal to Italy's GDP last year. So Europe's recovery really depends on the vital connectivity and building blocks provided by 5G. Uh, and I would like to say that uh, technology is really the big uh, part of the solution that we'll have to face. You know, all this data, artificial intelligence, cloud computing will be very critical to rebuilding Europe's economy and to ensure that the continent emerges stronger and more agile after that. So 5G rollout is, is where we need to focus, is what you're saying, basically, right, Maria? Exactly. It's yes. an accelerator for everything, Anna Michelle. It's for e-health, e-education, connected transportation, manufacturing, and also fighting climate change. Right. All right. Well, thank you very much for your insights on all these topics. I appreciate it, Maria. I, I wish you, above all, to be healthy and safe. <laughs> and thank you uh, good luck with your... With your continued work and and uh we in parliament as you mentioned are teleworking at the moment doing our our plenary sessions remotely although some of our colleagues are in in belgium in the in brussels in the parliament at the moment but we're all looking for even though we can still work remotely we're all looking forward to the day when we can be together again in person um and performing our duties and i look forward when i'm in brussels to seeing you in person as well Yes, sure, definitely. Take care and stay connected in the meantime. Bye.